0: Hey there. Before we begin the episode, I wanted to quickly introduce you to the Art Is podcast's new partner, Artmo. Artmo is a community-centered marketplace where any artist can sell their work and any art lover can buy art commission-free. What's really cool about Artmo is it's the first platform of its kind that lets you sell both physical art and NFTs in one place. They're bridging the traditional art world and the Web3 universe, and I'm super excited about it. The best part? You can turn any of your physical or digital artworks into an NFT on their platform, adding provenance, security, and authentication to your piece. NFTs can be a bit tricky to understand and create. But thanks to Artmo's dedicated team, it's become so much easier. And that's not all. Artmo is not just a marketplace, but also a media platform, where creatives can connect, network, and join open forums and discussion groups. It's a great place to engage with fellow artists and art enthusiasts. Also, it's totally free for artists to sign up and there's no long application process or gatekeeping involved. So what are you waiting for? Join the Artmo community now and head over to Artmo's website to sign up and start sharing and selling your work. Go to artmo.com, A-R-T-M-O.com or check out the show notes of this episode to learn more.
1: So many people, I think, you know, are worried that if they share their secrets, that somehow like they're gonna be copied or like found out or something. You know, there's so much fear in that. And the fact that you're so open about everything is so
2: beautiful. It's that I cannot do what any other photographer can do. And they can't do what I can do. And that's what makes us special. And that's what has our DNA in our work.
0: This is Art Is, a podcast for artists, where we brainstorm the future of the art world and the creative industries.
1: Welcome back to the Art Is podcast, a podcast for artists. This is season five, episode nine, and I am your lovely co-host Lauren Hill alongside He's Out The Page here in Los Angeles. Strategy is a major part of the coaching work that I do, whether it's developing a strategy for sharing your work, developing a strategy for sales, marketing, or even developing a strategy for networking. Figuring out what results you want to create and dialing in on them will really help you create the dreams that you so desperately desire.
0: One of the things that I've been recently developing strategy on is segmenting my time properly. It's super important to recognize that sometimes setting constraints can actually be really helpful. When you have all the options open to you, it can be very overwhelming. Whether that's in terms of the work you want to make, the materials you want to use, what clients you want to have, sometimes it can be really helpful to narrow in and just decide. Within a small framework of possibility, what can you be doing? And I've also done a lot of experimentation with constraints when making this podcast. Back in season one, all of my episodes were under 13 or 15 minutes. And then in season two and season three, I was experimenting with longer form. But I was always interested in including a little bit of spontaneity in all the work that I was doing. So despite being professional and showing up and doing stuff consistently, I was really adamant about including this element of surprise in my work so that despite repetition, everything stayed exciting and new. Regardless of what you do, I'm sure you all have long to-do lists and it can be incredibly overwhelming, especially when you're finally in the studio to look at the to-do list you have for your creative work. And Lauren's ideas on this have been really helpful for me, so I hope they are for you too. It's almost like when you have an organized home or an
1: organized studio, it allows you to feel comfortable getting more work done. And I think the same thing goes for your to-do list. So creating a strategy within your business is a very helpful tool. And one of the ways that I do this is focusing in on three results. Maybe that's just taking a look at your month and focusing in on three results that you wanna create for that month. What would those three results be? I think of these as needle movers. So what are these results that are really going to move the needle in your business? And then on a day-to-day, use that same framework of what are the three results that you wanna create on this particular day? Yes, we have this long to-do list and there's many different things that you wanna get done, but sometimes the overwhelm that comes with looking at all the things that you wanna get done can debilitate you from actually getting any work done at all. So focusing in on three to four results that you wanna create in a day and being able to prioritize the most difficult ones first so that you can take action on them, get them off your plate so that you don't have to think about them so much. There's a book called Eat That Frog by Brian Tracy. And basically, the idea is to first identify your frog. So what is the hardest, most important task of the day? That's your frog. And then you just want to eat it. Like, Go all in and eat that freaking frog. Do that most important task first thing in the morning so that you don't give yourself a chance to like lay in all the thoughts and discomfort about it. You just get it done and just repeat this every single day. What you will do is create momentum throughout your day by getting that first difficult thing done. And it allows you to show up more powerfully in your other tasks. I think when looking at your day and thinking about getting three to four things done off your to-do list may seem like not that much work if you're a high achiever, like many of us are, but setting yourself up for success so that you don't end your day feeling defeated for not getting the work done you intended so it's a realistic goal. I'm all about setting realistic goals for yourself so that you can feel excited,
0: motivated, and like you've accomplished things. I think it's really interesting how this kind of meta idea of strategy can really go into helping creatives plan their days, but it can also be used in terms of grappling the actual work that we have to do. So As I shared in past episodes, I've always had a bit of an apprehensive relationship to Instagram and sharing my professional practice there. So one of the things that I was working on with Lauren in our private coaching was developing a foolproof strategy with how I wanted to share and be visible as an artist online. So after discussing it with Lauren, I realized that the two main threads of my work being my podcast and my art practice, were both equally important to show up on my Instagram. However, neither of them were really showing up adequately. So by working on a simple framework of four types of posts to share, I've been able to compartmentalize this task and rinse and repeat it without it having to bog down on my psyche and feel badly about not doing the work. So in a sense, me eating the frog is posting on Instagram. And the four types of posts that I make, just to explain it to you as an example, are sharing images and videos of work that I've done in the past. Um, Recently, I had the opportunity to do an artist talk where I shared a pretty comprehensive overview of all of the work that I've done over the past few years. Lauren helped me understand that the work that went into planning that talk can keep working for me in a sense. And so often I return to the slide deck that I prepared and use those images and ideas as inspiration for really simple Instagram posts that discuss my portfolio. Another idea here is to reflect on the work that you've done, do a creative long-form journaling exercise, and then draw inspiration from that writing as text you can share in your posts. Personally, I am really a work in progress on this and have a long way to go in terms of how I write about my work publicly, but I'm just inviting you to think about how you don't have to be constantly repeating work and that perhaps most likely things that you've done in the past or even conversations that you have in the have had in the past could be really helpful inspiration to how you share the first kind of post i make is artwork that i've done the second post that i make is artwork that i've seen and inspiration that i have i am an avid explorer of Museums and galleries um, all over the world, traveling and exploring art is truly my favorite thing to do. And so I have an archive of thousands of photos on my phone that I've taken, even over the past years, of wonderful places that I've gotten to visit. And recently I've just been drawing upon those images as sources of inspiration to share publicly. The third area that I'm starting to share in, which I have struggled with in the past is having this more behind the scenes approach, showing images of work in progress pieces and also behind the scenes shots of my studio and also of myself. And the fourth area of posts that I'm making are posts about this podcast, Art is a Podcast for Artists. I've felt guilty over the past for not adequately sharing the podcast on Instagram and pursuing a really public strategy of marketing but I'm getting over it and I'm just doing my best and trying to do a one percent per day growth strategy and just recognize that even doing one post is better than nothing and not trying to compare myself to others and just doing something that feels within my bandwidth. So these four different segments I developed thanks to Lauren, but if you can take a step back and think objectively about the different passions that you have, the work that you do, the kind of things that you want to share with the world, how you want to be visible, you know, creating this kind of segmentation can be a really useful lens through which to actually get the posts done and to start creating a really simple strategy For your professional practice.
1: Yeah. And consistency is everything. So, what is going to make it simple enough for you to show up and share consistently? Coming up with that strategy beforehand will really assist in that. And I love how you mentioned the repurposing of different work that you've used. You know, as artists and collectors and creators, we have so much in our archive that we're, I'm sure that you can agree with me, that we're hoarding. And it, it can be used in so many different ways. It's just an, a necessary getting clear on how you want to use it so that you can think of it more easily and consistently show up to do it. So to give you a clear breakdown of my own marketing strategy might help you understand how you can create your own. For me, I start with a monthly blog. So I will I actually work with a copywriter who is essentially my marketing assistant and we have two meetings per month where we come up with ideas together for what this blog will look like and the other pieces of content I create. Her name is Emily Oberman and her company is Copy Edit Design. Definitely check her out if you're looking for a copywriter. She's amazing. So first is my long form blog and from that I then create one YouTube video per month which is essentially the blog turned into a video and two email newsletters per month the first email newsletter is something that I've been I think the first email newsletter is typically something that is more of a journaling entry something I've been thinking about or working through personally that I like to share my thought process on and the second email is typically part of my blog just introducing it I then break down the newsletters and blog into social media posts. So I'll take three to, so I'll post three to five times per week and I'll do five to seven IG stories per week. I also was doing an IG live every week as well, but I've taken some time away from that for a bit. Another strategy that I have is regularly checking in with prospects. So I typically spend one to two times per week doing that and two, to t- and two to four times per week posting and engaging on Facebook and LinkedIn groups. So this is the basics of what my goals are or my own marketing strategy. And sometimes I do fall short. And sometimes I like to experiment with other ideas, but I've noticed that the months that I am the most consistent are the months that I have the most sales. So for us, sharing our examples with you is really just a way for you to start discovering your own strategy. And this may look different for different types of businesses, you know, whether you're a fine artist or an illustrator Or maybe you're a graphic designer. I also work with travel agents, surf instructors, chefs, musicians. So no matter what kind of creative you are, you can discover a strategy that works for you. And maybe it's more loose, like Izata's. Or maybe it's more prescribed, like mine. Either way, start small and grow. It's an evolving process. At some point, I do have the goal of changing to four monthly newsletters. And maybe you all want to show up more regular on YouTube. You can take your strategy and change it and evolve it as you go. But the most important thing is creating something simple, labeling it so that you know what you're doing, and you can show up to actually get the work done. And if you're still having trouble trying to come up with some strategy, a simple solution is just
0: to ask AI. I wanted to share with you live our conversation with ChatGPT. We've just asked, what is the best social media strategy to increase visibility and sales for an emerging visual artist? The response is, There are several strategies that an emerging visual artist can use to increase visibility and sales on social media. Number one, establish a strong presence on Instagram. Instagram is one of the most popular social media platforms for visual artists. Share high quality images of your artwork and use hashtags to reach a wider audience. Two, utilize Pinterest. Pinterest is a great platform for artists because it allows you to create boards for different art styles, themes, or series. Additionally, it's a visual-based platform, so it's perfect for showcasing art. 3. Create a YouTube channel. YouTube is a great way to create a following and build a community around your artwork. You can create videos of your art process, behind-the-scenes footage, and art tutorials. 4. Use Facebook to connect with potential buyers. Facebook is a great platform for connecting with potential buyers. Create a Facebook page for your art and use it to share your work, updates, and upcoming exhibitions. 5. Leverage TikTok. TikTok is a newer platform that can be used to showcase your artwork in a fun and engaging way. Create short videos that showcase your art process, behind the scenes, footage and art tutorials. And six, leverage other platforms, other platforms like Behance, ArtStation, 500 pixel or PX and DeviantArt can be great for building a portfolio, sharing your work and finding inspiration from other artists. But it's important to remember that building a following on social media takes time and consistency. Be sure to post regularly, engage with your audience, and be authentic. So thank you, OpenAI, for these relatively general strategies on how to create a successful visibility strategy. I found them to be somewhat helpful. Yeah,
1: and I think the key word is consistency again. Don't let all these different suggestions overwhelm you. It's really about picking the one that works for you and sticking to it. So you don't need to do all of them. Just choose one or two and show up regularly. It's important to remember that building a following and social media takes time. And
0: thank goodness we still have the incredible resources by Curated Splash And others like Jiggle and Juice to guide us because AI isn't replacing us yet. One of the most important topics that has been a recurring theme throughout Art Is, a podcast for artists, lifespan has been overcoming and understanding the scarcity mindset that plagues all artists and creatives at every level. And I believe that the importance of covering the topic of scarcity mindset in the creative industries can never be over-talked about. And so Lauren wanted to share with you today a segment of her conversation on overcoming that feeling of not-enoughness, lack of abundance, and more. Yeah.
1: I was able to interview the photographer, celebrity photographer, Waleed Azami, who I met here at the Tashin store. And he really dives into his own experience with others copying him, feeling you know, that there's enough for us all to go around and wanting to share his work and his secrets with the world. His insight is very profound. So enjoy this snippet.
2: And I'm also spending, I would say, and I've been doing this for about six years, about six, the past six years of my career, just helping other photographers do well. And when I I met you, I told you in particular that certain populations really marginalized people, black, brown women, really, uh, there are these glass ceilings, there are, boundaries that we sometimes have to do a higher jump to get through, right? So everybody is welcome. Everybody gets the assistance. There's no one left behind, but I hold the door a little bit longer for the people that generally suffer from gatekeeping. So I've just been helping people on this account, this Instagram podcast, TikTok, YouTube channel, my blog, all of that. So they have the tools.
1: Yeah. And making such an impact too. It's, it's like that That is, it's so profound, like, so many people, I think, you know, are worried that if they share their secrets, that somehow, like, they're going to be copied or, like, found out or something, you know, there's so much fear in that, and the fact that you're so open about everything is so beautiful.
2: It's that I cannot do what any other photographer can do. And they can't do what I can do. And that's what makes us special. And that's what has our DNA in our work.
1: Your ability to share so openly and like oh, not no. have, like, I think there's so much fear. Like I have fear around it sometimes too. Like, oh, if I share too much, like people are going to take advantage of me. And
2: And they will, to a certain extent, there's always going to be a percentage of people because I don't want to pretend that the world is just all rosy and perfect, right? There are a percentage of people that are just, miserable human beings but i think that the vast majority of people like way over 90 percent of people are actually really really good people and i don't like when people say well copying is the highest form of flattery that just shuts the person up that's being copied and having the and now you're like great now i have to be i can't even complain about it because you're telling me i have to sit here and be flattered right i think that's such bs but people are going to do it anyway. So it just, it takes you and you're like, all right, cool. Well, let me, how do I present it better? Because, and, and when they copy you, this is the one thing I do believe in. When they copy you, they're always behind you because they're copying what you just did, right? right? But there are a lot of photographers that won't share. And, and that's why I started this account is because um, truly nobody helped me. And a few, I remember telling you this one in person, a few actually made sure I went down the wrong path. And so I was like, you know what? when I had, when I can, I will do it differently. And I, and I am, I think.
1: Yeah. Collaboration is so, I mean, it's, you know, it's either competition or collaboration and collaboration. Like there's always like enough people. I think people have this mindset that there's, there's not going to be enough for everyone to go around. And it's like, there's, so much opportunity out there yeah there's plenty and like the fact that if you have that mindset and you share like it comes back to you
2: i i think it does exactly that and i think that there's so much in this world for all of us to win because people have said to me in the beginning they're like well you're literally training your competition to have your skills like what are you doing and i was like There's just, I can't do what they can do and they can't do what I can do. And there's enough room for all of us to win. And right now artists and photographers in particular, but that's what I have experience in, but artists are racing each other down to the bottom of the barrel and making sure they're like, no, no, I'll do it for cheaper. Oh yeah, then I'll do it for cheaper. No, then I'll just do it for free. And now we have some photographers that are um, offering the magazines. There's one magazine that asked me to do Charlie Pooth. So that's enough research for people to do their Google. They asked me to do Charlie Pooth. And they said, We want you. And Charlie likes your work, but there's another photographer with similar type of work that offered to pay for the full production. So not only are they willing to work for free, they're saying, I will actually pay for everyone. I'll pay everyone's salary and stuff. And I was like, let them have it. Yeah. And and it's getting there. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to keep teaching people because if you do better and then they do better and they do better then we elevate the whole field and the whole market
0: it's so interesting to hear Walid's intimate thoughts on the topic of scarcity and dealing with copycats and i find it so profound and exciting that not only is he dedicated to training and teaching the next generation of photographers but recognizing how unique each and every one's gift is and that at the end of the day copying can only lead you so far and i love that quote recognizing that someone who is copying you is always going to be behind you compared to where you are now while you're always moving forward they're always going to be in your tracks and one of the things i found most profound about this snippet is his dedication to Helping the entire creative industry level up, and his true dedication to elevating the entire field away from this scarcity mindset and instead fueling a mindset of abundance that more leads to more, not less, and that there are enough opportunities, jobs, resources, whatever, to go around for all creatives, and that collaboration is a gift and will lead to profound work.
1: Yeah, and for those of you who might be in sales, I wanna relate this to some of my experiences that I've had where, you know, working at an art gallery and getting commission or working at even the Toshin store where we're selling thousands of dollars worth of books and artwork and there's other sales associates on the floor also selling sometimes the jealousy that comes up when someone sells a big piece and thinking that you need to cut in line somehow or you know overstep because there's not going to be enough people walking in the door that have the money to spend and I think this relates to other artists creating artwork and thinking that, you know, there's not going to be enough clients or work for each person to go around. And I really try to tap into that belief that Waleed was talking about of the abundance that there is enough for us all to go around, for us all to win. And so when I'm on the sales floor, when I have been selling, I really... Tune back into those thought patterns of, like, wow, if this can happen for them, this can happen for me too. Instead of thinking, if this happens for them, well, then I'm not, they're taking it all and I can't have any. And I think what he pointed out too is really having that conviction in your own artistic DNA and realizing your own strengths, along with realizing the strengths of others and how they are each unique. And one of the things that I teach in my coaching is really creating this positive self-concept. You know, what are your strengths? What are your passions? What are your talents, your accomplishments? And tuning into those and really digging deep and understanding them so that you can feel empowered to show up in your own unique way and not have to copy anyone else.
0: Thank you for listening to Art Is, a podcast for artists. Be sure to check out the show notes for any resources mentioned in this episode. To access the episode transcript and more info on the themes outlined in Season 5, go to artispodcast.com. This episode was created by me, Isata Page, and Lauren Hill from Curated Splash, with original music by Black Wonder Twins. You can find them on all streaming platforms and on YouTube and Instagram under the same handle. Okay, that's it for now. See you next Thursday. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to our podcast editor, AK Joel, who's actually a professional video editor and YouTuber, but also edits podcasts. If you want to contact him about editing your own videos or podcasts, you can message him directly on Instagram at akjoel.films. That's A-K-J-O-E-L dot F-I-L-M-S. You can also find his contact information in this episode's show notes.